0: Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. I I just want to say it's the movie, stupid. Like, make better movies. Not hard. Actually, it is hard. The Arch Campbell podcast, featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands, begins now.
1: Well, uh, that was the voice of our friend Ann Hornaday on what makes a movie a hit movie these days. And she was uh, she was at her her peak. It seems uh, last time we got together. So very funny. I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that hopes to help you keep up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is in the worldwide headquarters. Of the cats podcasting system, Earth to Lou, <laughs> come in, come <laughs> in, please, <laughs> come in, Arch. <laughs> we're, we're, we are here, and, and and you're in the satellite. I'm in the satellite room, and we're ready to go, Bud. We're all set. Okay, yeah, and we're both in a great mood because today we check in with two entertainment gurus, two of our favorites. First, WTOP Radio's entertainment wizard Jason Braley. Down.
2: Hey, thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah. The
1: man, the myth, the legend. And all the way from Los Angeles and L.A., from Observer.com, People Magazine, and Emerson College, the one and only Oliver Joe. All
3: right, Oliver. Hello, hello from my dogs. It's about 97 degrees out here at 9 in the morning in Los Angeles, so you're lucky to be far away.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you D.C. natives go west, Yeah. Yeah. but... You got, you got my place up there. I always wanted to live in L.A. I love L.A.
3: I know. It's, uh, it's in your heart, Arch. L.A. is in, uh, <laughs> it's somehow in your heart and lungs, but you never made it out here.
1: Living well, vicariously watching... through Oliver. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, let's start with our usual, what are you watching? And Let's start with uh, Jason Fraley. What do you like these days? What are you watching for fun?
2: Uh, for fun, I've been watching actually two prequels TV series to famous uh, uh, content uh, properties. I hate using the phrase mm-hmm. properties, but I uh, just did. Uh, content Game of-
3: is also a terrible word. Those are like two horrible words: content and property.
2: Oh, and I hate IP. I hate when it makes it sound so technical. All right, two pre yeah. two prequel series: uh, the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, on HBO, and the Lord of the Rings. Prequel series, The Rings of Power, on Amazon. Yeah, it's funny. The um, before the pandemic, I probably would have said, "Oh no, not a, not a you know, not again. Our, <laughs> we've had too much." But for some reason, after this giant last craziness of the last couple of years, I find it oddly comforting to return to these worlds. I don't know why. So, um, I think I think I'm enjoying how. <laughs> I think I'm enjoying the the Game of Thrones: House of the Dragon a little bit more, um, uh, considerably more actually. It's um I've heard some fans you know saying there should be more action and violence and stuff, but I don't know what they're watching. Like I like the pacing. I've always enjoyed the the castle politicking, like the you know like the member of the Lion in Winter. I kind of love all that you know, trying to see who's gonna get the throne. So i like that one so far and then in terms of the the and lord now of the i Re- understand oh, sorry, the
1: game of thrones thing uh actually like broke the internet uh, <laughs> i mean it's hugely popular i wouldn't and you doubt think it. it's is it rising to, it's up to your expectations
2: yeah yeah I, i'm on board there's been three episodes so far i'm all the way mm-hmm. caught up and um i i'm i'm really enjoying it so far i i think it it captures sort of the best of of what the series used to be before it sort of jumped the show, before it jumped the dragon in, in the last in the last season or two. Well, the cool thing about Game of Thrones was always that anyone could die at any time. Like in season one, they killed like yeah. basically one of the main characters. Um, but then what, like later, like season six or so, they, they, you know, they bring Jon Snow back from the dead. And I was like, no, you, you just undercut the very thing that made the show cool, um, you know, that anyone could go. Um, and then contrast that with the Lord of the Rings, the rings of the power. Uh just started on Amazon. Um, I guess Friday, it dropped two episodes. I actually thought the pacing was uh a little shaky. It was a little off in the beginning of the first episode. They like crammed so much backstory of here's what happened in the olden times of Middle Earth. Like it's and you get you don't get the opening, you know, logo of you know game of uh, rings of power you don't get that until like 17 minutes in or something but I, i've sort of settled into the storytelling i think they've settled into the storytelling beautiful visuals um so i'm i'm in now it's cool to have two prequel series i think
1: okay cool it's
2: great for hbo to uh, use the dragon series to change
3: the topic uh considering uh, everything that's been going on at hbo uh and uh, all the trouble that they've been having my goodness <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, uh, uh, it's interesting, uh, f- uh, I had a great time on Sunday night, I took my uh, 15-year-old daughter and three of her friends to see The Blob.
1: Uh, oh. and, and <laughs> Every one of you watching this screen, look out. Because soon, very soon, the most horrifying monster menace ever conceived will be oozing into this theater. Now, reason, nice. <laughs> now I have my theory, but for some,
3: some reason, the Blob is playing all over America. It's playing, I think, in four different theaters in the DC area. Um, nineteen fifty-nine Steve McQueen movie, and yes, uh-huh. it's pretty much as bad as you remember it. Uh, but it, it was really fun uh, to see it with the with these. Um, teenagers who were just laughing and making jokes you know they I don't know that they've ever seen MSK 3000 but they were kind of doing their own version uh, (laughs) in the the movie theater and you know what was so neat about it guys was like now going to the theater is is such a hit and miss right you don't know if you're going (laughs) to be sitting next to somebody who's going to be checking their email the whole time and like uh sort of checked out of the movie but then you have an experience which is different where people are laughing and making jokes and interacting and being in the movie theater in the moment. And kind of making noise and responding, you know. And because at first I was thinking to myself, should I tell these girls to be quiet? And I was like, no, you're supposed to, <laughs> right? It's, right? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not church, right? I mean, it's the blob. <laughs> it's uh, not hey, Albert, church.
2: I, there's your, you there's said, your tagline. It's not church, it's the blob.
1: <laughs> when you were talking about going to see the blob, I immediately remembered, isn't there a scene where the Blob uh, goes into a movie theater, and then mm-hmm. all the stuff oozes. And I, I thought it might have been a, a theater in Westwood, and the stuff was oh, no. oozing out of the out of the movie house, and all the teenagers. It's, it's pretty interesting.
3: Art streaming. As somebody who's been teaching film, I couldn't help but <laughs> note that the movie theater that the blob uh, goes into is called the Colonial. Um, uh- <laughs> they put a, a midnight monster show. And and considering the amount of people that come screaming out of the movie theater, you think a thousand people were seeing the movie that night. But the um, the, the movie marquee in the blob uh, at the Colonial says, um, ice-cold air conditioning. And the air conditioning <laughs> the theater that I saw was not nearly cold enough. Uh, that was really my only complaint, because it was about 99 degrees outside, even on the west side of Los Angeles. Um, but what I was thinking is like, and I was asking the, the young women that were with me, like, why is this? Why is the blob coming out in movie theaters across the United States right now? And my initial thought was that maybe somebody was making a commentary about um, sort of a mob mentality and kind of like a group think from the from the Internet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought to myself. If you wanted to send a propaganda message out into the world, probably the last thing you would do is is put things in a movie theater. Right? Uh, Right now, yeah. You know, Um, so I'm trying to figure out why is the blob all around America at the moment? Explain to me this. Somebody somebody figure this out.
2: Is it because people were, were people talking about the, you know, nope? You know, maybe, and and, and oh. maybe maybe young young kids have read about it, and now there's some groundswell to see the blob. I don't know. I got to tell know. you, man, it's a big jump from the blob to nope. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I th- <laughs> I thought
3: university. it was
2: climate change.
3: <laughs> oh, maybe. Well, um, well, the last line of the blob is the blob being deposited in Antarctica, and Steve McQueen says, "We're safe as as, as long as Antarctica
1: stays cold." Uh, well, that's <laughs> well, the last. That's the last <laughs> yeah,
3: there we'll you find are.
1: Out. You know, interestingly, you mentioned HBO just now, and, and uh, I guess they've got some corporate problems. But I noticed uh, as of September 2nd, HBO has started streaming Elvis, you know, one of this summer's big movies. And uh jason and i uh took in elvis separately and uh and i had a wonderful experience watching that it's light and over the top and operatic and silly and tom hanks is awful and it's <laughs> too long and so you know i could uh, on hbo max i could just stop it and come back the next day <laughs> And I had a wonderful experience watching it. I actually
2: liked it. Jason, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I thought it was thoroughly entertaining too. I mean, uh, Baz Bo- Lerman movies, obviously, it, his flashy style is sort of um it's sort of a love hate proposition for, for some people. Um, but I actually kind of, you know, I always, I, 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 liked, um, Moulin Rouge and, um, Romeo and Juliet and Gatsby was okay. But, um, but my wife hates that flashy style. So I don't, we both kind of prepped our, our mentally going in like, okay, it's going to be this, it's going to be over the top. Right, yeah. Um, and I got to say Austin Butler blew me away. Like I could see, he was a- good. I, he, he uh, by the end there, there were some moments where I forgot I was watching him and thought I was watching Elvis, the, the sound and the, the moves. Um, um, yeah, yeah he did see, his own see... singing. Who the hell is that? All the time. Elvis Presley. Yeah, I could see an Oscar nomination, sort of like you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man and that kind of thing. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you that the Tom Hanks casting and the prosthetics was <laughs> was just distracting. Like, and and well, and not not only visually was it distracting, like. I I just disagree with the script's premise of telling this you know iconic story through the framing device of his corrupt manager. Like, oh, we open right, with him yeah. at this carnival. Maybe that's Lerman's carnival. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, throughline his auteur carnival. Um, but, but that you know, Nazi
1: accent. He yeah. he's the whole character with a Nazi
0: accent.
1: What
3: was I, I don't that? Think we're ready to 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 uh, have Tom Hanks enter the sort of cheesy, you know, blob uh, part of the ah, right. career where, where it's, you know, he's so bad, it's good kind of thing. He's supposed to be <laughs> one of our well-respected yeah. great thespians of a, of American film. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's a little disconcerting to see him so cheesy yeah. and so over the top and kind of disconnected uh, that, um, you know, and, and I guess now he's got, does, does he have Pinocchio coming up? I mean, it seems like... Uh, um, oh. you know, he, yeah. he's entered this kind of concerning phase of his career uh now it, it's exactly. almost bad that he hasn't um stayed with uh directing uh that thing you do was such a um such a memorable uh debut film and such a and, and had such a point of strong point of view for a first-time filmmaker that um i kind of wish that we were talking about tom hanks the director right now rather than tom hanks Doing he really cheap. does
1: I think he really has jumped the shark don't you I mean yeah, yeah he's had he's had that...
2: some good movies in recent years like Bridge of Spies like he'll still I guess that's been 2015 now but yeah like recently it's almost like he just takes on different biopics lately with Mr well, Mr Rogers was actually I I enjoyed it uh, but but yeah, yeah like you know it's yeah, like the, give it a rest yeah i i, I don't I, I don't i don't understand else. I don't understand why they're um why not just why not cast you know like I don't if you want like maybe like cast a heavier actor just to play that role or whatever like I don't understand this recent trend of putting prosthetics on Tom Hanks or putting um what was it in in the Batman movie you know Colin uh, Farrell like why why are we doing I don't really get that part but it was entertaining I will say it was entertaining almost three hours I was surprised that it, it went by as fast as it did but um. yeah, I, so I, I'm a little, I'm mixed to positive, I guess. I I, I yeah. enjoyed it, but Tom Hanks took me out of it, but Austin Butler was amazing, I thought.
1: But it, it's great that it's on HBO Max. Yeah. So no, it's, it that's, that's accessible. Uh, the Emmy Awards are coming up uh, this weekend. And
3: guys, of course, you know, Kenan Thompson is hosting the Emmys. He was on the Today Show recently and talked about
1: what you can expect for the telecast. A lot of joke writing. Like, the writers are, like, really writing a lot of jokes, and trying to figure out who wants to do bits and stuff like that. You know. What, what I mean? do you
0: mean, like other people are gonna join you?
1: Yeah, like the famous folks, you know what Ooh, I'm saying? Like uh-huh. who's, who's down to do him. something funny? Do we have any thoughts about uh, streaming and television and the Emmy Awards? I'll, I'll open you- the pot. I've got a thought I want to say. I'm done with succession. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm I, done.
2: We, we bailed too, like, uh- 3 forced the way through what is it season three now is that Uh, i like like the first three. it got so repetitive in season three it's Uh like all right all right
1: and what's left for them to do
2: i know Jen they're up for one million
1: emmys but uh, i quit i'm done (laughs) oliver
2: (laughs) i
3: i think the most exciting um nominee is probably yellowjacket uh, you know, and I think that's that's sort of uh, of of the big nominees. that's the one I'm most excited about. and uh, it's got a, um it's got a pretty neat d c uh, connection. the um the great d c singer musician uh Craig Wedren, who was in the d c uh, band um Shutter to think does the music for Yellow Jackets. and the music in the film is I mean in the show, is really terrific and really adds to the mood in a really impressive and interesting way. Uh, but that's the one that I'm kind of uh, quietly rooting for.
1: All this buzz about Ozark and Better Call Saul, just want to put that on the table. What yeah, are you going to say, Jason? No.
2: Oh, I was more or less reading my mind that, um, that yeah, while Succession's entering with the most nominees, uh, with nominations with 25, and, and it won a couple of years ago, I guess the Crown won last year. But while wow. so Succession, you know, you would say is the favorite, even though I'm tired of it, and you're tired of it. Um, <laughs> I think that... It could go. I'd rather see the best drama go to you know a final a final season send off like Ozark, which I love, or or Better Call Saul, which you know really didn't really even watch. Um, or it'd be kind of cool to see it go to like a newcomer like Severance or or Squid Game. Did you guys watch Squid Game on Netflix? That South Korean survival uh, uh, drama. That, I
1: read about it.
2: Oh. Yeah. Uh, I we actually held off in our household watching it because it came out right at the beginning of the pandemic and I was, and we were like, you know, there's too much too much stress to watch this but so we finally got <laughs> we finally got to it I'd say I don't know uh, half a year ago or something and we were we were gripped it, it's about a reality show where people who are you know hard up for money they're in debt they get recruited and brought to this remote island location um in south korea and or maybe it might even be north korea we don't know there might be you know, <laughs> stuff going on um one but of they, the
1: koreas yeah
2: they make that well <laughs> well they're in south korea but when they get kidnapped i think we're led to believe that it's the evil north Ooh. korea You know what I mean? um but <laughs> It, it forces them to play deadly children's games. So they're play like, you know, Red Rover, Red Rover crossover. Uh, and then, and then they say, stop. And if you happen to be moving, they, they mow you down with a machine gun. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's kind of oh like, uh, you God. know, Hunger Games kind of stuff, or, but um, uh, it, it's violent but uh, oddly gripping. <laughs> this is the
3: only uh, podcast in America where the words mow you down with a machine gun will be followed by a cackling laugh uh, <laughs> uh, that, will, that will just fill the airwave. Uh, I mean, where else can you get entertainment like that? I'm
1: laughing at the irony.
2: Yeah, the irony. <laughs> just the irony. It's no the blob, you know. The- <laughs> I, I
1: I also
3: I have you know I'm sort of an old fashioned guy, so I kind of um I think it's sort of great that we kind of have a um network uh, sitcom who's uh who's fighting uh, along with all these uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. streaming services in Abbott Elementary, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, which it is has quite that good traditional feel of uh of a um of a good network sitcom, mm-hmm. you know, which is mm-hmm. a, a format that we sort of have forgotten about and. And uh, and and it's been fun to to watch with Clementine, and it's just been a uh, that that's been a neat show, uh, and and um it's been wonderful to watch uh, its creator, and uh, and also it's great to see that particular style of of comedy, you know, um, get a platform to and 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 have a moment.
1: Okay, so if the store has ten potatoes, right, and you take away two of them how many potatoes would the store have left? Janine, what did I say about taking my potatoes
2: from the lunchroom?
0: But visual learning is so much better. Well,
2: guess what? Now you have zero potatoes. We've been loving Abbott Elementary, that mockumentary style, like the office yeah. for Parks and Rec, except in a school hallway. And uh, what's the actress? Quinta Brunson, I think is yeah, her name. That, um, um, slash, I yeah. think she created it too. She uh, she, yeah. she She could, who knows, maybe she could win Best actress over who's it? Gene Smart I guess won last year. Defending champ mm. for Hacks, and then and right. then on the act the actor side, it'll be really cool to see if Jason. I know Jason Sudeikis is the defending champ for uh, Ted Lasso, but ba- Bill Hader has never lost oh, for Barry. Man. He's never lost for Barry, so could so he win a good. third? Yeah. Well, and know,
3: they're facing uh, off uh, the pair of Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short. Right. Uh, so
1: uh, it'll be they're an interesting. They're cute, fight. but Bill Hader, God, he's funny and brilliant. Yeah. Have you guys been hearing that? Uh, that thought that uh, NBC may stop programming the ten o'clock hour, I and saw just that. turn it over to the stations, mm-hmm. and the like the networks are just kind of folding up and saying, "Ah, oh, well, hell, we're done."
2: crazy to think after remember that that time slot and you know, the whole late night thing cost oh. so much between leno and conan and the tonight show and all that <clears throat> stuff and yeah wow that 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 just blows my mind but i guess it's not all that surprising when you stop and think no about it. streaming is is killing network
3: i have to say one thing is that um these uh these stations are owned a lot of them by these right-wing mm-hmm. conglomerates now. So I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned that that, that that 10 o'clock hour is going to become a sort of politicized uh, hour without really people realizing it. And um, so, you know, I, I feel like when we hand over the, that, that hour to these independent stations, I
2: think we do so at our own peril. Yeah, well, well yeah, I mean, cable news has already—that's already happened from the yeah, hours, of, uh, the hours of well, God, I was going to say from the hours of seven to midnight, but it's pretty much all day now. So
1: I want to mention I stumbled onto a series on Hulu called "Under the Banner of Heaven." Yeah, Have either of you heard of it, Oliver? You're shaking your head. I, I, I'm
3: certainly familiar with the story. Um, I I visited um when I was a People Magazine correspondent. I visited the the town on the border of Arizona and Utah uh, with the polygamous, um, quote-unquote, fundamental Mormon community. Uh, so I'm familiar with the story, and I'm a big fan of Andrew Garfield, uh, but I haven't had a chance to see the show yet. It looks good.
1: Yeah, Andrew Garfield plays a, a devout Mormon police detective who is investigating the grisly murder of a young woman, played by Daisy Edgar-Jones, who's so good, and her young infant. And uh, they are being punished for stepping out of the roles that these fundamentalist Latter-day Saints extremists believe women should be in. And it's very dark and hard to watch but quite good
0: a woman and her 15-month-old child were murdered in their home we are asking the public for their help we aren't a community that usually locks its doors so for now we feel it's prudent to err on the side of caution uh,
1: he's up for an emmy and uh, and deserves it I, you know i'm glad he got nominated i'm sure he won't win but who knows? Maybe. Well, I think
3: one thing America needs more of is Mormon noir. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, 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 uh, the Mormon always rings twice. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. My name is yeah, Father, is. Elder, or Elder, yeah, man um wow
1: yeah oh wow. yikes wow. and i've got some yikes. really yeah
2: wow that sounds really really cool i mean i actually yeah, really no, would I'll enjoy that Archie, reminded me when you were re- when you were describing it it sounded like um it sounded like the keepers kind of like you know uh-huh. uh, you know investigating yes. A, yes. a religious exactly. a murder uh, that's been swept exactly. under still you... a
1: great true crime uh series uh, is this best. is based on a book about a true crime but it's a to these so, and,
2: and what channel is it on? What's what?
1: Uh, Hulu. It's on the oh, Hulu. Oh, okay. I'm
2: gonna it's have to check Hulu. that out. I wa- so- uh, I watched something else on Hulu that definitely won't be nominated for Emmys. I don't think. I was so excited going in. The Mike Tyson miniseries called Mike. Oh, man, that looks terrible. Oh, uh, well it is. <laughs> um well, I would and I would think I would be like a, 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 a an easy mark for this because I, you know, I remember it well and I love boxing and heavyweight fights of that of that era. It's it's Travanti Rhodes from Moonlight, you know, the third chapter of Moonlight. Please yeah. yeah. please Tyson. And you know, in any other framing, you know, he's got the lisp, he's got the high pitched voice, he's got it down. Um, so I don't necessarily oh, think it's necessarily man. his, his fault, but for me, it, it, a, it moves way too fast. It's like 20, 20, 30 minute episodes. Um, and so it's like you get one giant chapter and then it's on to the next one and then on to the next one and it jumps <laughs> and it jumps around in time too much. Like, um, you know, you know, in, um, in Raging Bull, how you have, you know the the bookends of him as the fat failure at the yeah, tail yeah, end, right? Yeah. And, and and that works amazingly with De Niro. But so imagine imagine if it was that. But at the same time, we're we're jumping back to that throughout the entire story, not just the bookends. And meanwhile, you're also jumping back and forth, past and present, with various fights. So it's not it's not just a chronological story with the nightclub bookends of Tyson doing this stage tour. It's also we're jumping way out of order throughout his actual fight career, too. So I thought it got exhausting. I'm only five in, but it's exhausting.
1: Have you gotten to the ear scene yet? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's actually how. That's actually how they open the show. They show uh, him.
1: Well, of course they would. <laughs> they show him
2: Chompy Vander Holyfield's ear, and then it like freeze frames and fast forwards and or rewinds and says, "Oh, you know, uh, no, let's not start here. It's the it's the people that did I Tanya. So it's that plate uh-huh. which I which I love." I remember seeing that at Middleburg and um, it, it, it's that playful, like, you know, we're going to have like a dark comedy kind of vibe with it, but I don't think it really works here with, with Tyson. He's such a complex, controversial character.
1: Yeah. Can I take a minute and tell a personal Mike Tyson story?
2: Did he bite your ear off? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he scared me. <laughs> I went to a screening on a Friday night at the old Tenley Circle Theater. Mm-hmm. next to where channel four was and it was opening night of eve's by you mm. remember eve's by you
0: yep. yeah
1: and about 10 minutes into the movie this entourage came in because you remember mike tyson was married to a doctor who lived in potomac maryland well, evidently she wanted to see eves by you so there were there were there were like maybe 10 people in the theater suddenly this entourage comes in and they take over the right side of the theater and people start whispering something, oh my god that's mike tyson and and it's eves by you you know it's right. about a woman who uh, i think as i recall uh, responds to not being treated well mm-hmm. by <laughs> beating the crap out of her abuser. Yeah, and about 20 minutes into the movie, they all got up and left.
2: <laughs> wow! Wow! Not okay. the Mike now, what Tyson a
3: wild film to watch with, um, you know, uh, uh, someone who is known as a convicted sex offender, right? Exactly. Uh, yes. Um,
1: uh, Eve's well, he didn't Watch all of it. They got up yeah, and Yeah, right. It.
2: You could And Eve then at, the end, at directed... the end, it flashed up, directed by Buster Douglas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, Eve's oh,
2: Bayou was yeah. directed
3: by uh, Kazi Lemon and who uh, made Kim Harriet.
1: Uh huh.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and and who uh, won the
3: um independent uh the um the independent film uh best first feature Spirit Award.
1: Movie. Yeah. Yeah, the Spirit Award wow. for the
3: best first feature for that film.
2: Uh, that was you'll night remember night. she was in Silence of the Lambs, too. She played Clarice's yeah, yeah. sidekick at the FBI. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> wow. So, well, I think on that note, we should take just a minute to talk to Lou Katz and hear about the world of cats Podcasting. Yeah, cats Podcasting and, of course, Hound Radio. And we have a weekly feature all about dogs. Check this one out. Hound Radio's leash-leading canine expert, Faith Lapidus, is back with another look into the wonderful world of dogs.
0: Have you noticed your dog pacing more than usual or staring at nothing like he's in a trance or starting to have accidents in the house? He could have canine cognitive dysfunction, CCD, also known as doggy dementia. As dogs age, just like us, it's common to see memory loss and cognitive decline. The more serious condition is not common, but can occur in perhaps as many as a third of older dogs. But worrying new behaviors are not necessarily a sign of dementia. They could be caused by deafness, arthritis or a bladder infection. Symptoms that look like doggy dementia could be from a stroke, brain inflammation or tumor or diabetes. Just as in humans, exercise is good for healthy aging and can play a significant role in preventing or slowing cognitive decline. And being aware of the condition can help you and your vet keep your dog active and with it longer. I'm Faith Lapidus for Hound Radio.
1: Labor Day has come and the fall is approaching and do we have a few thoughts about the summer movie season and shall we start with Maverick Top Gun? What was it about that?
2: (laughs) I think uh, I can actually speak on it with a, a pretty fresh in my mind because uh over the weekend my wife and i i guess last weekend did a a double feature of top gun maverick and nope because they both just finally dropped on streaming so like let's watch them back to back and you know did the whole deal and um for top gun i i think to answer your question i think what it was for me is yeah it was nostalgia and you know the touching val kilmer scene and seeing tom cruise back etc um (laughs) but for me from like a filmmaking screenwriting perspective i actually like how the action scenes weren't just random dog fighting thrown in for action. The action Mm -hmm. scenes were all like, test trial runs for the big final mission you know what i mean so you're seeing th- they're all building to what we're going to see later so we're watching these action scenes um of them doing you know trial runs and dropping you know through the simulator dropping the bombs on the hatch and you know then they have to then make sure you get up high up over the mountain and get out yeah you know? so like we're we're like con- it's conditioning us for that big final climax where you know and so by the time it comes i think we're kind of all geared up for it i i per on the downside i don't know what do you guys think i I don't think they really developed the woman, the female character, Jennifer Connelly character enough. She, you know, sassy bartender and all, but I don't. I would have liked to m- know more about her backstory,
1: personally. Well, I liked her a lot, and I liked yeah. seeing her. But I think you're right. I think we could have used, like, you know, it could have been a little more background. I,
3: I think what we learned this summer is that summer movies matter to us, right? You know, the air conditioning matters, the event matters, the being together matters, all of it matters. And this was
1: a really- Ice cold. Summer.
3: Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think uh, this was a really interesting summer in that it began with Top Gun Maverick. And then for some of us, it's ending with the OG, right? Jaws has been coming, it's coming back to uh, movie theaters um, uh, in 3D. It's playing there in DC and it's playing. And I saw it two weeks ago with- um, with Clementine in in, uh, in um, uh, 3D, uh, IMAX, Real D, or whatever they call it. Uh, and uh, it was just wonderful. It was a terrific experience. And, I, and this is where this uh, part of the podcast that turns into a true confession. It was the first time I'd ever seen it. <laughs> oh, Are you uh, kidding me?
2: Oh, wow. I know,
3: I know. How did I you miss think, it? I'm not comfortable really saying that.
2: Um, yeah, it takes but, guts to admit that. I'm
3: proud of it. I know. Her, you know I know. Mean? I mean, I, I teach film criticism. You know, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a professor. This is one of the most significant American films ever made or released. Yeah. You know, obviously, I was waiting for the right moment. Uh, so what did you
2: think as a first-time viewer? That that changed this whole conversation. All right, Oliver, what did you think of this
3: brand-new movie, John? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's really funny, guys. You don't expect necessarily, you know, after you turn 50 certainly after a um pandemic that you can go into a movie theater and have a profound experience you know one that, <gasps> that is you'll remember for the rest of your life right and and mm-hmm. seeing that movie where both clementine and i were seeing it for the first time and we were seeing it together with my teenage daughter and she was thrilling and ooing and aahing and and it was just so much fun it was just so joyful and um and it was so great, and suddenly the feeling that I'd always had of the sense of guilt for not having seen the seminal American film, <laughs>
2: took into the fact, that it great it turned out wow. to be a great experience and a really special. Movie. So, what part scared you and scared you
3: know, Clementine the most? She was terrified throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I had read and known so much about it that sure. it was hard for me to get um, yeah. to get jump, but certainly. um. You know, after having read and known about the Indianapolis speech, uh, you know, seeing the Indianapolis speech in the middle of this of this film and this sort of actor studio moment, you know, coming in the middle of this horror film, kind of added a depth
2: and color to it that I was not... A- <laughs> uh, show me the way to go home. I'm tired, and I don't want to go to bed. Yeah, I think the visual storytelling is just... Some, it's great the shark didn't work, it's been talked to death, but man, uh, the idea that it's just this slow POV underwater shots and that iconic John Williams, uh, they score. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's, I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's the quintessential summer, summer blockbuster.
1: Somehow. Yes, but do you see uh, other movies in that? I mean, it, once you look, once you see jaws, do you see, Oh, that, that was the outline for yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a dozen other movies. Yeah. No, I mean, you see the,
3: the, the seeds of, of, uh, Spielberg's identity, you know, all throughout that movie. But it's interesting yeah. watching it in 3D, seeing those legs kick underwater. <laughs> like, you think to yourself, boy, they look delicious.
2: I want I to chomp that. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yes.
3: Those Human swimmers wings. look like
2: sushi. <laughs> can,
1: can we uh, take a moment for Nope, which I think was another one of the uh, most anticipated films, because Jordan Peele uh, is a, a master director, and Get Out is one of the great, Movies of our time, and Nope arrived. I went to I went to Montgomery Mall with a few people and saw Nope at a matinee. And uh, my opinion is Nope, no thanks. <laughs> I didn't like it. I thought it was very disappointing. Why didn't you like it, Arch? I did not think it was accessible. It's like oh, there's that little piece of a story. Oh, and then there's this piece of a story, and oh. Well, what's that? And uh, you know, and you know, and you have to like put it together after the fact. And I, you know, I just want to sit there and have it.
3: Well, wash it's over a you. movie that's meant to live with you afterwards. It's not. It's it's, it's more of a conversation than a film, I think. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, and it and it and it almost it feels like um I feel like the 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 strength of Nope is that it's a summer film that's going to live on by the conversations that we have. And normally, uh, summer films, you know, they disappear the moment we leave those double doors of the movie theater. So it's a different kind of of summer film. Exactly what you said, Arch, is that you puzzle it together. It's a it's a it's a puzzle. It's a mental exercise, and yeah. uh, and that's not what we're used to. That's not the diet that we're used to. And I, I agree with you. I didn't love it, um, but I do. I, I have loved the conversation. Around it. Uh, and um, and that's not always the case. I think a lot of time- I just
1: hope he's not turning into M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. You know, I think, he's
3: got, I think he's got more to say than just to sort of um, fool us or, or surprise us. I think he's he's doing more than that.
2: Yeah, I um. So I finally caught up with it too, and 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 your segue from Jaws to Nope is actually pretty pretty apt because you know it's, it, you know trying to tame tame wild animals, trying you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, um. And and then they they fight back, and in the end, in the, in, the, in the end when they're using the little you know blowy, what do you even call those things out from the used card lots? Yeah, that's like them trying to catch the shark in the end. Good uh, good catch. But I so I I but I I actually liked it. I think I liked it a little, bit, it's far from getting out but i maybe liked it slightly more than us because us left me cold at the end too but um so like to me and again i've been i've been noodling it like what does the alien monster mean is it just a monster movie like is it or is there extra meanings um because it's feel i say and i'm still i'm still trying to figure out what it is i, I to me it's like an allegory for Hollywood, uh, because the, the the creature sort of went, you know, when, when its mouth comes out, it looks like a camera kind of snapping photos, which ties into the original photos of the horse galloping with the black jockey. And there's something he's trying to say about Holly, Hollywood erasing people of color there, or maybe, maybe it's Peel, the monster is Peel's. Um, his own fame, you know, like you can't look directly at, at fame, you have to try to harness it. Um, again, I, I don't have a concrete answer, which, which to me, I, I guess sort of speaks to kind of with what you both are saying where Get Out was, it had amazing roller coaster first watch accessible, right. but then you can watch it 20 times later and find everything. Right. Whereas us, and to a little lesser extent, Nope, I, nope is a little bit of uh, just a sci-fi movie, too. But, okay, uh, we are
1: yeah. running short on time. So let me ask both of you, uh, what would you like to see win an Emmy this weekend? And what is your recommendation for the weekend? So, Oliver? I
3: am, you know, in addition to being uh, the son of a film critic, I'm also the son of a librarian. And uh, restoration <laughs> means a lot to me. Uh, and there's a beautiful film about restoration and about Jewish uh, identity playing in D.C. and elsewhere called um, Three Minutes, a Lengthening, about um, a film that was found in the back of a closet of uh, a Jewish uh, neighborhood in, in, in uh, Poland uh, right before the Holocaust. And it's, a, it's just a formally fascinating film and a different way to think about movies and movie making and what images mean. Uh, so no, that's in
1: theaters a- only or is it? streaming? Yeah, uh, yes,
3: it's in theaters right now. It's not streaming, uh, but it uh, will. What's the
1: name of it again?
3: Uh, three
2: Minutes a Lengthening.
1: Three Minutes a Lengthening. Yeah. Uh, Jason, and- what about you?
2: For my recommendation, I would say uh, House of the Dragon. Uh, but in terms of your Emmy picks, I'm hoping for uh succession to get upset by ozark or squid game and i'm hoping on the comedy side for uh abbott elementary
1: yeah <laughs> and i'm rooting, I'm for, rooting for bill
2: Hader. or barry yeah or barry of course yeah. bill or ted lasso is great too either of them would be great
1: and if you go to the movies i like aubrey pleasant emily the criminal i'm I'm Good a call. sucker for her hey Have uh jason rest of your week you guys WTOP.com and Observer.com for Oliver Jones. And thanks both of you, love talking to you. We're back in about three weeks.
0: This is the CATS podcasting system where it's not just a podcast, but a pod cats.